1: Welcome, 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 folks, to Sunday Civics. I am your host and civics teacher, L. Joy Williams. I'm so happy that you made it to class this morning. This morning, this morning, y'all, I hope you can feel my joy and excitement all throughout this episode this morning, all throughout this show this morning. I am smiling ear to ear because earlier this week, For those of you who follow me on social media, you know that I spent an amazing two and a half days at the NASA Goodard Flight Space Center. I keep doing all the words together. (laughs) But... I mean, you've seen some of the pictures for those of you who follow me on social. If not, you can go and see them on my Twitter, on my Facebook, on my Instagram, everywhere. And had an amazing experience as NASA unveiled the first images from the James Webb Space Telescope. And you're probably wondering, besides me sharing this information as a cool thing that I did, what does this have to do with civics? (laughs) And I'm going to spend the entire time of us together explaining that to you, along with some of the people that I had the opportunity to interview and talk to about space exploration. And there are there actually is civics involved in this because NASA is a United States government agency. It's something that people don't always remember. NASA, by the way, stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. And it is an actual government agency that's responsible for space exploration, space technology, earth, and space science, and aeronautics research. And we think about all of the government agencies, the federal government agencies that exist and how we interact with them. And actually, you know, this prompted me to think about putting together for the fall a series on those agencies and, you know, not going to do a boring deep dive and talk to administrators and, you know, uh, do a bureaucratic mishmash of conversations. But I'm going to do it in a way in which we follow the money, Uh, we follow our money, our tax dollars, and how it is allocated by Congress, how it trickles down to the states, to state agencies, to local municipalities, cities and towns. So that big juggernaut of an infrastructure bill that was passed by the federal government Uh, president biden worked on congress appropriated and then is dispersed to the states how does that translate to the road or i-95 being fixed because the states own i-95 by the way or like appropriate i-95 so how does that translate right and you having a better understanding of how those things work, following the money is extremely important in terms of civic engagement. Because it empowers you with the knowledge and information that when you go to City Hall, when you go to your governor's office, the state legislature, to Congress, that you know exactly the money that has been allocated and sourced for what you're advocating for. So Congress appropriated a bunch of money for public education. It's not like Congress writes an individual check to your school, Right, it is actually appropriated then to the states, and then the states, being the governor and the state legislature, then figure out how to disperse that money among the state and the county and things of that nature. But then there's another level be uh, below that, right? Your municipality, your school board, and things of that nature. So if you're going to follow the money, you have to know. Listen, Congress appropriated this amount of money, and there's actually a website that you could go to. I know there was one up for the money that was appropriated for public education dollars and you can see specifically how the money that congress allocated goes to the states and what the states use that money for and then you can see is the money being properly allocated if it's public education dollars how does that translate into your child's school and allow them to whether it's building, rebuilding infrastructure, buying books, paying teachers, things of that nature. That's why you see some of the public unions on strike or negotiating new terms and things of that nature because they are aware of how much money has been appropriated and now we're in a better position to advocate for the people they represent. And believe me, the people and private contractors and others, they are aware of how much money states and others have for whether it's infrastructure dollars and they are making their plans on how they plan to get that money to get that contract so that they can make money and we should be doing the same because at the end of the day it is our money so going back to nasa nasa you know their money their budget is allocated in the overall federal budget and t- about $22, 25000000000 billion. And it sounds like a lot because it's billion with a B. <laughs> but it only represents uh, less than 1% of all of U.S. government spending. And in fact... If you're thinking about how much of your money, your personal money, your personal taxes go to funding NASA, I don't think it's like more than like $30 or $33 or something like that. And that's not for everyone. You got to be making, you know, a certain amount of money in terms of the average cost that is going to NASA research. I personally believe it is totally, totally worth it (laughs) what we get back from space exploration, from science, from Earth science, from all of what we have done as it pertains to this agency and what they continue to do. It is totally worth it. No, NASA is not controlled by the military. Although it works with a number of different agencies across the board. No, we are not about to like be in fights in in armies and things of that nature. But what we are discovering and, and just think about that as a public good right? Like we are contributing to the public good. And that's what I think the federal government should be doing is contributing to the exploration and supporting financially things for the public good. And indicative of that, the James Webb Space Telescope that, you know, was launched on Christmas. I mean, we just got back the first images and the first data and it's just getting started. All of that is public information and public data. And in fact, this week, while we saw the first images you know, NASA has already released all of the data that the James Webb Space Telescope has already done. It's for open and public domain. So it's not behind some, you know, you you have to pay to get in. Why? Because it's our tax dollars. <laughs> it's the public information and that transparency. And so whether you are a researcher or a PhD in a program at a particular company, it doesn't matter. You can just be a citizen researcher. And wanting to look at the data yourself and explore, you have access to that. Why? Because it is for the public good. And releasing all of that information is absolutely wonderful. So this morning, I had an opportunity, like I said, while I was at NASA to talk to some amazing people. I'm going to bring you all of that information in today's show. And I hope you you know, get something out of it, share this, and share these conversations. The first person when after we take a break, but the first person I want to talk to is actually the program director for the James Webb Space Telescope, Mr. Gregory Robinson. He is the Webb program director. He's been at NASA for some time and served in a number of different roles. He's a he was the NASA's deputy chief engineer. He was the center director at the research Center in Cleveland. He's managed a number of things throughout his career as an engineer and at NASA. And I had the opportunity to talk to him. And I'm going to bring you that conversation when we come back from this break. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: All the wahala, all the problems, all the things that you think that you must do to start in this world. Like when the teacher, schoolboy and schoolgirl come together, who is the teacher? I go let you know. I
1: let you know. So welcome back to Sunday Civics. I'm your host, L. Joy Williams, and I am super excited to bring that person that I just introduced to you to the front of the class. It's Mr. Gregory Robinson, who is the director of the James Webb Space Telescope program. Mr. Robinson, thank you so very much for joining me.
0: Uh, thanks, L. Joy. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor to be on your show
1: Thank you. So, I, you know, I just want to say, you know, we'll probably have to talk about this later. I don't know who is uh, responsible for hiring all of the people at NASA, but every single person that I met, from engineers to the scientists to the technicians, were just so warm and open and welcoming and so excited to talk about their work and, you know, I, I don't know like what special sauce y'all have over there, but it looks like an awesome place to work just in terms of the people that are there.
0: Yeah, it is an awesome place. Uh we have amazing people. Uh yes, there are a lot of nerds, but they're normal. Or mm-hmm. I might say we're normal. Uh so um so yes, and and all the uh, open and willing to share. And and as far as place to work, uh you know, NASA's nine year nine years running, maybe ten now as best place to work in government. Uh, so there's something good going on there.
1: Wow. So before we get into the science and NASA, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone who comes to the front of the class, that if you have a story of your first civic action or your first civic engagement that you can share.
0: Jeez, first civic engagement. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a specific one, uh, and some of these things you don't think of as as civic engagement. Um, Certainly, growing up in in Danville, Virginia, in in the South, during my time, uh, schools were segregated until I went to fifth grade. Uh, So going to fifth grade um, and experience same kinds of things you see on TV, uh, You talk about desegregation or integration. so just uh, working through that process, um, getting to know other people who didn't look like me and them getting to know me. Um, so a, a lot of things played out in that process. Uh, so that was probably my first one that, that I can think of.
1: Yeah, well, quite often people don't really, I guess because we see videos and we read things in our history books that they, we think it's so far away so far in the past and not that we have people living today who actually live through some of those periods. So I think it's uh, uh, important to uh, b- remind us where we are in terms of that point in history. So I want to nerd out with you a bit uh, about <laughs> the James Webb Space Telescope, which, you know, I am not a scientist, an engineer, Um, not looking to go to space or any of that. I'm just, like a lot of people, just fascinated by space, by the wide-ranging and beauty that we see, and the images that were released are just a small part of what we are going to get from that telescope and from that investment. But talking about NASA, as you just mentioned, as a government agency... People often forget or don't know that NASA is actually a government agency, (laughs) that it's not a separate entity, that this is our public investment and and, and public good. Can you talk a bit more about um, why that's important?
0: So uh, NASA is, is, it is a government agency um, and it started in 1958. uh, uh, So some people know that. Uh, so it hasn't been around as long as some of the other agencies, and of course there are some new ones now. Uh, traditionally NASA has stayed out of uh, a lot of the uh, political type issues uh, surrounding other government agencies, and we, we our mission is to do uh, the greater good. That's what we do, uh, whether that's in space or in, in uh, aeronautics uh, here on, on Earth and, and other things related to making people's lives better, and also to extend knowledge uh in, in in the world and, and in our universe. Uh, so historically we've we've been outside of that. Additionally, uh, we do many, many international partnerships, uh just like on Web uh, with the European Space Agency and the Canadian Space Agency, uh, 14 different countries. Um, uh, NASA has uh around 700 international agreements in place today. And about two-thirds of those are science. Of course, we have many in in human spaceflight as well. So over the years, uh, we've just transcended uh, politics. We've transcended uh, geopolitical issues. Um, And even today, we're still doing that. And often say uh, space and sports uh, are the two areas that really connect people across the globe, regardless of background and the way people look. Of course, uh, sports is being challenged today with a lot of stuff going on in the world and, and even space is being challenged uh, due to some of those same factors.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, I, I think it's important that we highlight while I was sitting during the program of the release talking about the relationship that NASA has with other countries, some, uh, you know, at least one that, you know, is in conflict. I know that Russia, we have a relationship with Russia at the International Space Station. But just the collaboration that occurs just made me think on a broader level of how we have the capacity, right, to work on common themes and common issues as it relates to human nature, science and in, in, in general, that some of that can be applied to so many other areas, so many other agencies where we can work more collaboratively and some of those successes that we're able to do, you know, needs to be translated <laughs> to other areas of our existence. It seems that you you know, NASA seems to have found the right balance to be able to continue to do that. Not to say that there isn't any conflict in NASA, I'm sure there, is, but it certainly doesn't look like it rises to the same level as in other areas of our of our lives.
0: Well, it's, again, it's about humanity uh, more so than uh, politics or a particular issue. Uh, so and I think that's what makes it really stand out away from some of those other issues. Uh, you mentioned the space station. 15 countries around the world uh, part of space station, and those are the ones that are directly engaged. There are many others that are kind of on the sidelines engaged. Uh, so it it's um, it continues to transcend, and I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, one other thing when we talk about government. If you look at go to the um, Partnership for Public Service, and you look at what they call the Sammys Awards, or we call it the the Oscars or the Grammys of government uh, service, and you, you look at uh, many of the or all of the finalists for the Sammy's Awards, and just read the stories of all of the great work that's going on in government uh, beyond NASA. Uh, you pick the agency or department as a as a wealth of great work going on in government to make this country and, and this world humanity uh, better.
1: Mm. So talking about transcending, I just want to shift to your leadership with the James Webb Space Telescope, reading all of the articles about your work, about your team's work from the Time 100 profile, which congratulations, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, sort of all of it talks about your critical role in the execution of getting the telescope actually into space. Now, personally, I would like you to write some kind of book about project management because (laughs) I don't know, like just read, I'm getting like high level, but how you are able to sort of manage all of these processes at the same time is beyond me. And not that I want to give you extra work, but please, you have to share with us how you manage all of that at one time, but talk about your role and experience in bringing this project to fruition.
0: Well, the first question is, would you buy the book? That's the most important.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. I'll be the first one in line.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll think about it then. Uh, so, uh, Webb was in development more than 20 years. Uh, it's an amazing team of people over 20 years. Um, we go from ten thousand to twenty thousand. So uh, over that time period, probably twenty thousand people across the globe touched the web in, in some form or fashion, and that's in, in government, our government partners, uh, certainly a huge industrial base across the globe, academia, others. Uh, so a lot of incredibly smart people played a major role in getting web uh to where it is today, and I often refer to myself as the baby of web. I came on just over four years ago. We program was experiencing some uh, serious issues. Um, and to the team's credit, before me, uh, one half, the what we call the optical telescope and science instrument package, where you see the uh, mirror and instruments on the backside of that, that was actually completed. Uh, the uh, integration of that was completed at the Goddard Space Flight Center. The testing started there, finished at, at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. Uh, during the time of, of the hurricane, of Hurricane Harvey. That's when it completed its final testing there and then shipped out to Northrop Grumman by LA. And the spacecraft, uh, including that, that uh, tennis court-sized sunshield, uh, that was mostly completed as well. And they were finishing up some of that integration and getting ready for testing. And then of course, had to integrate the two together and test again. So a lot of incredible work was already done. Uh, but still running into challenges and it was already, um, you know, costing a lot and, and taking a long time. So one of the things uh, we, we did was we looked at, at areas to reduce, mitigate um, human error. And human error is part of our lives. It's normal and natural. Um, certainly when you touch touching something for a long time, you're going to make a few mistakes. So we, we spent a lot of time focusing on uh, eliminating those and we use different methods for that. Uh, we also uh, spent more time planning for future activity, uh, activities several months out to ensure that the facilities were ready, the people were ready and trained. Uh, so when we went to the next activity, everything was ready to go, so there was no downtime. And the team normally uh, does that as well. Uh, we just needed to have a little more focus there. And lastly, Uh, Not related to the spacecraft itself, but uh, transparency, communicating to stakeholders from the project level, the contractor level, all the way up through me to the NASA administrator, to Congress, to OMB, Office of Management and Budget at the White House, um, creating an environment for that kind of transparency. And generally, when you're transparent, your stakeholder support is high, even during bad times. So as we created that, the, the stakeholder support uh, remained very strong.
1: You know, that I, I've worked in government, obviously not at the level that you have, but I've worked at, at City Hall here in New York City for a speaker, worked for a controller of the city of New York, and that government efficiency and transparency piece is something that some of the Stories we end up seeing on front pages of scandals and things like that of government agency actually starts at a level of inefficiency, you know, human area or lack of transparency or communication in, you know, a smaller agency or an office or something somewhere that then just, you know, gets out of control, right? That's separate and apart from PM people being corrupt, but, you know, that doesn't happen at NASA. So <laughs> I wonder from your experience, and you have an extensive experience, how can some of that translate to other state and maybe municipal agencies in terms of increasing efficiency and transparency because you know nasa is using public dollar you know our tax dollars go to invest in this work in in addition to other things but how can some of that be translated into other areas of government
0: so first i'll say in in, uh, nasa most of our missions uh, we, we deliver on, on time and, and um, on cost, and they work very well for many years beyond their design life. These large, complex, what we call flagship missions like Webb, like some of our missions to Mars and, and other uh, planetary bodies, um, these are difficult. They're extremely hard because we're doing something that's never been done before. And, and many times we don't know the answers. We're normally uh, using a lot of new technology and web. Uh, certainly, it's the top of the heap for that uh, with 10 new technologies. So it, it's, um, it's extremely difficult. But we generally deliver. Of course, our systems work well. Uh, as far as transparency, and, and um, in, in my opinion, a, a lot of these things are uh, important from the top. Uh, so if the top leadership creates the environment where that's important, where it's, uh, it's easy for people to do, uh, no attribution for bringing bad news, uh, then, then it happens. Um, also, it's a, an environment where people hold each other accountable, and that's not a negative thing. That's a good thing. Uh, where your peers kind of look over your shoulders and help you out uh, and also cheer for you. So you need the cheerleader as well. Uh, But the transparency uh, environment has to be created from the top. And and I would say uh, sometimes we use these separately. Um, I know we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion. Uh, From an inclusion standpoint, we also have to be, excuse me, have that kind of environment for inclusion uh, to have um, people comfortable saying something is not right or we need to make a a slight change, um, things like that.
1: Yeah. In one of the interviews I've read you you, you talk about the increasing diversity at NASA and certainly while you and others have had extensive careers in leadership at the agency, you've talked about there still is more to be done. Can you talk a bit more about how you to continue to do that, to increase the diversity and inclusion at NASA, and what are some of the recommendations from your experience that can apply not only to NASA, but to other government agencies?
0: Again, I think a lot of this is um, starts at the top, but-, but- Surely it doesn't end there. Uh, The first-line managers and and mid-level managers uh, have to have this this same uh, urgency to to hire people doing the, actually even recruiting, uh, to recruit people uh, from diverse backgrounds and and diverse uh, races and genders, et cetera. Um, So we have to make sure that the environment uh, fosters that. And, and of course it doesn't hurt to have a little oversight or follow up on that again for accountability. And once we get people in, it's critical to, to share the assignments because when it's time for the next promotion or the big promotion, if you haven't had certain experiences, uh, you can apply as my mom was saying to the cows come home, you won't get the position. So we have to make sure we, we give people the right assignments, so it will prepare them, and actually it makes our products and services better when we have diversity in, in producing those. All of the data shows that, uh, thousands of reports over the years that show that. Um, and some places, we we haven't done a good job adopting or embracing that data. Uh, so um, again, it starts at the top, but it has to be uh, accountability down through the first level and, and mid-level managers.
1: Mm. You know, indicative of that is we got to talk to the engineers and scientists and folks who worked on the images, actually producing the images. And she talked about her wide-ranging experience from going to school for art and design to being a baker to also art. And then now she's at NASA. And the folks that hired her talked about, we got her resume and we were like, oh, look at this varied experience. Rather than looking at it as a negative, they were like, no, this is the perfect mix that we're looking to be here. And that was really um, inspiring. And I, like, I'm like. i going to share that clip because for people who are going all, as probably some of our older folks will say, going all the way around the world, what you going to do with your life? That sort of varied experience on your resume could actually hold value at a place like NASA. That that was really inspiring.
0: Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and by the way, uh, certainly uh, engineers, scientists, technicians make up the biggest part of NASA. Um, but we have all kinds of disciplines. I mean, we have communications folks that are critical uh, to getting our missions executed. We have finance folks. We have lawyers. Uh, we have, um, you pick the discipline. We do have artists. Uh, we have you know, media folks and, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, we have people who, you know, m- many of these are technical too, who understand contamination and how to mitigate and and eliminate a lot of that. So there, I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there are many disciplines uh, in the world that NASA doesn't use to execute our mission. Uh, and certainly, I think diverse experience is important uh, because it, it opens you up to do multiple things versus, <clears throat> excuse me, just one job. Also, when you bring all those experiences and to just do one job, it makes it a lot richer as well.
1: Yeah. OK, so finally, in one of the interviews, you said that you basically worked yourself out of a job now that Webb is actually in space. Are you retiring or like what are you doing? Hopefully you're, you're doing more work. But if you want to if you want to retire, I get it. But like, no, you can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as they say, don't let the good looks fool you. I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, so i um, yes I'm I'm uh, I've worked myself out of a job um and there are many other jobs at, at NASA that that I can do uh and all of them are extremely uh, rewarding and exciting uh so I'm yes I'm 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 strongly considering retirement um uh, but I won't go away as they say I'll I'll be around somewhere doing something and uh, I have a wealth of knowledge and experience so I want to continue to use that and share that with us.
1: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to share some of those moments with us here at the front of the class at Sunday Civics. And it was amazing to meet you. You were so just open and welcome and just wanting to do the conversation. And I appreciate that. Congratulations again on a job well done to you and your team. And thank you so much for spending time with us.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me again. It's an honor. I and I do appreciate it and go web
1: we'll be right back
2: how can it
1: Welcome back to Sunday Civics. I am your civics teacher, Elboy Williams. Now, I'm excited about this conversation. I'm going to try to keep it brief, but you know how I get to talking. <laughs> but one of the first center sisters that I saw when I went to the live event for the launch of the, uh, the first images for the James Webb Space Telescope, I saw this beautiful sister with her bouncing spring twist, and I was like, who is that? So... I am happy to bring, to close out this conversation of my trip, the amazing, amazing, lovely sister, Michelle Jones, who is the chief of the Office of Communications at the NASA Space Center, where they launched the telescope. Hey, sis. Hey, thank you
2: for having me.
1: Okay, so I'm saying the bouncing spring twist and everything, I was like, oh, I need to know who she is. She on stage too, come take this picture. (laughs) Like, who are you, what you do? Right. Right. (laughs) So that was amazing representation. And so thank you so very much for just being you in that space, but also just being approachable. And I've talked about this the entire episode about how approachable and warm everybody is. And now I want to go work at NASA. (laughs)
2: Come on, come on. It's space for everyone. (laughs) So since
1: this is, we teach civics on the show. So I would love for you to share the story of your first civic action.
2: Sure, sure. Um, So I would say that my first civic action was really um, within the church. Uh, I was brought up into the church and um, we did a lot of volunteer work. Um, So we spent a lot of time uh, at nursing homes and shelters um, and things like that. And, and I, you know, when you're young, you don't really understand like what you're doing and why you're doing it. But my mom and my older sisters, you know, really made sure that I understood how important volunteering was um, and that it's not always about getting paid for what you do. Um, and so I would say, you know, that would be my first civic action. And then, of course, you get into school. Um, I did the um, Student Government Association because I wanted to make sure that the students' um, issues were being dealt with, um, and it it felt like you had a voice, you actually had a say in something. Um, And so because communications is so important to me, that was something that I really gravitated towards, um, and I really enjoyed the experience. That would be my first action.
1: I love the civic charity and volunteerism leading to action in the student government, we talked to a lot of people where their first civic action was being in student government mm-hmm. and advocating for others. And look at us with more in common. Okay, church girl. I, think <laughs> I see you church girls represent in all Yes, okay.
2: absolutely. So absolutely.
1: in my conversation, we talked earlier with Mr. Robinson, who's amazing mm-hmm. and just very approachable and engaging. He was another person that I just randomly walked up to and he was like, yeah, come on. And I was like, can we maybe talk? And he was like, sure. And let's imagine someone that is like a Time 100 being profiled in Wall Street Journal. It's just like, yeah, what's your podcast? I don't need Mm -hmm. to know the name of
2: it. Here, like, (laughs) let's go. Right, exactly. That's him. That is definitely him. So warm and approachable um, and just filled with so much knowledge, you know, and wisdom. So I'm glad you got an opportunity to connect with him.
1: And Dr. Wanda Peters, uh, who also was another one who was just just as loving. So both of them already talked about the role NASA plays as a government agency. And we talked about the launch of the telescope and what that will mean for science, space exploration, and everything in general. But I'd love for you to expound upon what your role is at NASA and particularly how important it is communicating what NASA does to the general public?
2: Yes. So um, as you mentioned, I'm the chief of the office of Communications. So there's many different um, components of communications that are covered in my organization. Um, So we have social media, traditional media, um, public engagement, um, internal communications, internal engagement, guest operations for launches, um, our nasa.gov slash goddard website um the visitor center um animations visualizations um audio podcasting is also an arm in my um organization and you know what we do is we tell stories we tell um the story of science we tell the story of people Um, We tell the story of engineering and we try to do it in a a way that people can actually understand what it is we're doing and why we're doing it. So what's the benefit? Um, I think for me personally, um, I think doing internal communications and internal engagement is so extremely important because the people that work there are like our ambassadors, you know, they're closest to what we do and it's important that they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it so that they can actually take that information back uh, to their family, you know, and to their friends. And so I really spend a lot of time making sure that we focus on internal communications because of the importance of it. And, you know, one of the challenges is making sure that you are um, connecting with, the audience that you're trying to reach, because uh, how we communicate to traditional media is different from how we communicate with social media, um, and so you just have to know what your who your audience is and what you're trying to communicate, and then do it in a way that will actually resonate um, with that particular audience. And it's a challenge because science is so complex. So, you know, trying to break that down in a way that um, those that are trying to understand it can understand it, sometimes is a challenge, especially if the scientist feels that we are watering down the Mm -hmm. the subject or not representing it appropriately. So there's a a lot of negotiation that has to be done as well.
1: Yeah. You know, to apply that to even other government agencies or even local agencies, I can... You know, I've experienced it myself having worked in government and working in politics in general. Right. There are very complex and nuanced conversations about certain policy, how an agency needs to approach things Mm -hmm. and then also legal (laughs) things to, to, to navigate as well. And it's difficult because you as a government agency, you want the public to know it's important that they know for transparency purposes, but then also for them to be engaged in the work. But at the same time, as you mentioned, being able to communicate effectively exactly. so that people understand it and can use it effectively. I mean, we see, we're seeing some of the effects of that now in the whole political sphere that I, know, <laughs> that I know NASA stays clear of
2: politics. Yes, please. And but, thank you. <laughs> but,
1: but I mean, but we're seeing the effects of people not being able to communicate effectively
2: and what that results in. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. It is definitely a challenge. And so, you know, just really making sure that you have a good handle on what you're doing and why you're doing it is so important. I always say, for the sake of what are we communicating this? Like, we just can't be talking just to be talking. it has to be a reason for um, the outreach. And so I think I've really ingrained that into my uh, team.
1: So, Mr. Robinson also talked about his desire to increase diversity at NASA. And I got to say, it was interesting because being there, my eyes are trained to always look for the sisters, always look for the diversity in the room. I was like, oh, there are people from disability to signing to like everybody is everywhere. And I was like, wow, I love this. But even talking to Mr. Robinson, he was like, yep, and we got to do more. (laughs) He was very clear about that. And for you as someone who's I mean, you i read this, that you have been at NASA in some capacity, even starting as a student aid since you were 16. So how have you seen diversity change? And do you agree with Mr. Robinson, we still got more to do?
2: Yes. So um, I've seen a change in a positive direction. I remember working there um, when I was uh, 16 and just kind of only seeing people in secretarial roles and clerical roles that looked like me and just kind of wondering, like, what is that about? Um, and then as the years went on, I started to see a lot of, uh, minorities, um, in leadership positions, um, which felt really good because then, you know, it's, it's just when you see someone in a role that holds some weight and they look like you, it's like, oh, so I can do that. And so it I was able to start building that confidence to be able to move from the clerical and administrative field, um, into leadership. And we still have work to do. Mr. Robinson is is definitely right. Um, You know, I think that um, it's just one of those situations where I think a lot of minorities just don't see themselves um, being able to work at NASA, which is why it is so important uh, that we do outreach, that they see that there are so many different opportunities at NASA and, you know, that there's people there that look just like you. You can do this, too. Um, I, I make sure that I spend time talking um, to anyone that reaches out to me for an informational interview, um, just so that I can kind of share my story, um, because I didn't grow up wanting to work at NASA. You know, that that never was on my radar. Um, it just so happened that they came to our high school and was looking for students with a certain GPA that wanted to be in this office uh, internship. And I wanted to do that. And when they said that they would pay for my college um, journey, I was like, okay, sign me up. You know, so that is really how I got there. It's not that I had such a, a passion for science and space and engineering. Um, it just all aligned for me. And as a result, I've grown to really love um, science and engineering and especially the people. The people are, are is what really makes me excited about what we did.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> so you talked about being a student intern mm-hmm. and the interns were like fabulous <laughs> from this week. I had a hard time. I was like, do y'all actually, I was like, no, y'all work here, work here. This ain't, <laughs> like y'all ain't visiting. Y'all like yes. work here.
2: Yes, they get paid.
1: <laughs> right. Because that was the question that I asked. They were talking about the internship program and the thing. And I was like, okay the NAACP president advocate in me was like, okay, y'all get paid though, right? Because mm-hmm. do I need to march at NASA? Like while I'm here, like, while I'm here just just checking, you know, because yes. I'll break out a march in a minute, but...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is a paid internship. But the yes. other thing... And I can't believe I didn't know this. Someone had mentioned, I think one of the interns about, or no, actually it was Jane talking about the citizen scientists projects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at NASA where, you know, all of the data that has been released just from the James Webb telescope alone, Mm -hmm. not to mention all of the other projects that are going on. Right. And how, although NASA is, you know, relatively big, it doesn't have nearly as many people to be able to shift through all of that data and information. And how NASA invites just student sleuths and regular citizens Mm -hmm. to come and help them analyze that information and count how many stars or how many galaxies.
2: I didn't know about that. Yeah, you know, I don't know that a lot of people know about it, but it's such an awesome opportunity. I mean, you know, just to really kind of get behind the scenes of what we do and to understand why we're doing it and then actually to contribute by, you know, like you said, counting those stars or whatever the case may be. It's a great outreach program. And we have been talking about ways to really get that out more so that that more people can experience it and uh, get involved.
1: Hmm. Well, NASA is one of those agencies, I think one of the only agencies, I'm just trying to rack my brain is, on how people would feel about like walking around with a T-shirt on that says like the EPA. <laughs> NASA, people like people all day will rock a T-shirt or something yes. like that. And so to really describe it as sharing stories of what these public workers,
2: mm-hmm, right? Exactly, because um, like that's what public, we are.
1: Right. This public agency mm-hmm. that is doing on behalf of us all and in investing are, I said at the top of the show, an average of $33. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with contributing $33, if not exactly. more, <laughs> to make sure that NASA continues to do this work. Thank you so much for Absolutely. offering your wealth of knowledge and for your entire team.
2: Yes, absolutely. And thank you for um, being there as part of the national NASA social. That's just another way for us to get um, influencers into our space um, for you all to be able to tell the story that hits you and resonates with you throughout that experience. So thank you for being there. We really appreciated it.
1: Thank you. I'll
2: be back. (laughs) Yes, please, please. We'll be there. Okay. thank you. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: Well, that's it for me, folks. I have so much more content and conversations and interviews. I'm going to put it all on the website because I just could not fit it in all of the time that we had here this morning. Um, So make sure to go to SundayCivics.org later in the week. We'll share out all of those pictures and the conversations that I had with other folks at NASA. It was really a great experience. And thank you to each and every one of the scientists and engineers, the interns, the social media experts, every single person who welcomed me and welcomed our group really with open arms. Shout out to you and the personal shout out to the entire team at NASA Social. Thank you so much for the invitation and for treating us so wonderfully. With that we'll be back next Sunday with more Sunday Civics. I hope to see you there.
2: It's cool.